Hi everyone, I'm Pamelia Chia and you are listening to the Singapore Noodles Podcast, your go-to destination to learn about Singaporean food and food culture. Today I have on the show Hang Zhenlong and Jason Chua, two young Singaporeans who left the hawker trade to open their own restaurant. You might have heard of the business Bing Ho Cooks at Hong Lim Market and Food Centre that offered free food during the COVID lockdown last year to anyone in need. In this episode, I speak with them about their motivation behind their community-mindedness and also why they chose to leave the hawker life behind. I hope that you'll enjoy this episode. I'm very honoured to have you guys on the podcast because I've been hearing so much about the two of you. How did your love for food and cooking begin? If I start, you want to say, if I start cooking, it's more survival because my parents are self-employed. Like you say, my parents are, you know, my parents are hawkers, so they are always busy. So I have to always cook to survive. I went deeper into the game. I went deeper into the science. Then it became something of a fun and it's a playful experiment. And what about for you, Chen Long? Uh, no, for me, I just have an interest in, in F&B since like a young age. So I just do for fun. Anything related to F&B, not, don't have to be like cooking and stuff like hospitality stuff like that I, I'm actually quite interested so like now Jason handle the, handles the kitchen and uh, I, I'm usually outside and more on like beers and wines and stuff like that mm. yeah and how do you guys know each other? through a mutual friend in combat sports because he was uh, back then he was doing uh, boxing and I was doing Muay Thai uh, amateur yeah that, that's how we know each other and then we, we always hang out at night and stuff like that Hmm. And I think we didn't contact for a while until he started this whole Bing Ho Cooks thing. And then before starting up, I was quite excited. Lah, so I, I intro him, like recommend him some suppliers and stuff like that. And then we got in touch. Oh. And slowly, slowly, that's how the whole partnership happened also. And why do you decide to call it Bing Ho Cooks? Like, does the Bing refer to both of you? Or, you know, how do you come up with that name? Uh... Because I grew up in the Malays. Uh. Yeah, and then somehow I got tattooed at a very young age. Then I'm always very loud and vulgar. Yeah. yeah so it came up with uh, the name Bing really stick, sticks to me since young. Tell Bing Bing, tell Bing Bing. Okay, la, and then just keep that name to make it as friendly. And then soon, I mean, initially, I, it was a name to really just call it. But recently, I just found out that, okay, maybe this name is something to make a stand. Bing is not actually not that bad. It's, it's something that can really change the perception of Singaporeans, perception of Asia. The Bing is a stereotype of an uneducated, uncivilized, a rude person. Not everybody in this society has become so fake. During 9 to 5, they are wearing a mask. So this Bing, right, is something to really remind people that it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to be real at times. There's no, there's no need to be forced pretend during work and off work. It's very tiring to be wearing a mask every time. When, you know, I first came across your brand, Bing Ho Cooks, you know, I was like thinking, what is this brand about? You know, why is it Bing? And then after that, when I went deeper into your Instagram account and read your stories and things like that, I realized that you guys are very community-minded. Like, you guys care about, you know, children with disabilities or maybe, you know, you care about the underprivileged in Singapore. Was that a part, I mean, was that partly influenced by your own childhood growing up? Was it not? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. For, for me, yes. For me, it's yes. Because uh, I'm from a middle-income family. Mm. Then my parents are really someone who really work from work from the bottom all the way to so slowly, slightly on a uh, mid and high end. I mean, my parents now stay at Terrace. Uh. 
I mean, they release out of from the bottom. Hmm. So I, I, I'm from a middle income family, and middle income family is the one that got affected most during all the crisis throughout Singapore. Because when you're at the low end, right, government help you. When you're the rich, right, your connection help you. The only one affected are the middle one. So I saw, I saw the truth. Uh. I saw how bad my parents are affected during that time. So my objective has always been children, children, children. I mean, as for me, I don't know. I just do whatever I, I can. There's no like specific groups or people that I want to help or whatever. You know, like as long as we can contribute to anything, I feel that it's within our limits. We will just do it. Mm. Yeah. So that, that's how we managed to do some programs and managed to uh, give up food and stuff like that because we felt that we are supposed to do it. Of course, there are a lot of people like backing us up and helping us. Uh, we are quite grateful also. Like, like we get to see a lot of different things. Mm. Yeah, And the community part, right? I think it's because we were a hawker store. So I think in, in a hawker concept, a lot of things are based on like community, like your, your neighbors, everything. There's, the, that, there's this kampong spirit that I think helped us to uh, like be who we are. Mm. Yeah, be who we are and, and, and have this like community spirit. Uh. Mm, I really like that because I think a lot of the times when we think about hawker centers, we only think about the food, right? We don't think about the connections between the people. And I think on your Instagram, you also did say that um, the ideology of a hawker center is more about the culture and the spirit of it than the food. So why do you say that? Do you, what is hawker culture? In our generation, traditional food is no longer chao or hokkien mee. Yeah, you know, like you ask any kids of the in the 2000s, right, none of them really felt that the food, their, their childhood food is that. Their childhood food now is McDonald's and all the fast food. Yeah, so that's why we felt that things have changed. And some of furthermore, palettes will change and evolve throughout time. Because we are int- being introduced to like French cuisine, Italian cuisine, Korean cuisine. We are so influenced by all other cuisines, right? Our palettes for Singaporeans have already been so involved. That's why it's more about the community, the kampong spirit that most Singaporeans lost. Because hawkers itself, right, is always about helping one another, your neighboring stores. I don't agree with like the, the uh, younger generation, they don't enjoy traditional foods and stuff. I think it's up to individual palettes, but yeah, I still think traditional food is a very big thing in Singapore. It's just that new, like our generation, people like to do a twist to all this traditional food, which makes a lot of people unhappy. So that's, I think that's why like we, we don't touch on that, but instead, uh, actually, in fact, how we find out about like uh, hawker center is not about the food and stuff like that is because back then when uh, Bingo Cooks was or, uh, started in Hong Lim, right, we were not doing any traditional food and stuff, stuff like that. And uh, I think if we did that back in the days, people wouldn't accept it. But we, we managed to pull it off and we were thinking like maybe hawker is no longer about like doing traditional food and stuff like that. And uh, actually someone like uh, back then was Chloe. She was from, she used to work for Club Rainbow. That, that's where we, we have to, we, we brainstorm and we were doing a program with, with them lah. Like uh, for the special needs kids. And then that's where we actually brainstorm and found out that 
actually it's about community and about the kampong spirit uh, that we have that makes hawker a very cultural thing, a very special thing that you don't really exactly see mm. outside of Singapore. But, but, but like, like I said, just a few are right, because we've been to a few hawkers, uh, you'll be surprised at most hawkers are no longer at Unity. We went to visit, you know, the father and the son carrot cake, that guy, right? People around his hawkers, right? They don't, they don't say good morning, they don't say hi. Everybody just come to the shop, go to the shop, finish work, they will just go. Nobody talk to nobody. You know, both of you mentioned the, the term kampong spirit, right? But you know, like the three of us, we are so young, we have never ever experienced what it's like to live in a kampong. So what exactly is kampong spirit to you? Uh, back then in kampong days, they don't even have, from what I know from my parents and stuff, they don't even have like proper doors and gates. Their neighbor can just walk through their house. So yeah, I need to go to that place, they can just walk through their house and stuff. But there's this trust there. So it's like our neighbors come into our store, Know, and talk to us or say hey, can I borrow something we we have that kind of feeling or like oh, okay go ahead I just take ah you know yeah and I think that's the kampong spirit and we always play around we help each other out without if like you don't have to ask for help like if they see you need help right automatically there, there'll be like a few hands coming in like ah, I help you I help you do you feel that outside of hawker centers this kampong spirit exists in Singaporean society? No, seldom. <laughs> that was really fast. Like Tselong mentioned, it's about trust, right? Uh, I feel society has been has taught people that trust is something hard to gain. We are so educated in a way that our SED, our social emotional development, right, is not as strong as most other countries. We are very focused on education and finance. Mm. That's why we always. We, that's why we tend to forget a lot of trust issue. We tend to forget a lot of caring for other empathy and this kind of thing. Mm. That's why this kampong spirit that we mentioned, right, is nearly lost but still not lost. I mean, some people of our age still have. I mean, youngsters like our part timers, I believe some of them still have it. It felt like they still have it, lah. So I'm happy that some of them still have it. But majority of them are slowly losing touch of it, lah. You know, you said that trust is hard to gain, right? And like, you know, in this age, like everyone has a motive behind doing something. So why, why do you decide to do this um, Bang Who Cares Foundation where you gave away free food, not knowing whether or not you would get a return? Maybe 20 years ago, something like that. Like, we are, Singapore gone through a very big crisis about everyone lost their job. Yeah, my, my dad was very mum about it, so he was here, allowed to spend money, eat as per usual. But only when, after like five years, right, he then told us that during that time, he lost his job very badly. Yeah, and then I realized that most parents are actually very loving to their kids. They will keep mum about a lot of things, right, to make sure that their kids grow up properly and not affected by finance. Mm. That's why my concept of the foundation is really to help kids. Because like I say, my, my focus are always kids. Kids are a blank piece of paper. So the concept is to make sure that the parents do not suffer for kids and the kids will still be able to eat. Hmm. It's more like, it goes back to survival for me. Hmm. Yeah. But how, how the whole thing started actually is, uh, I think the government announced uh, there's going to be a circuit breaker. Yeah. And that's when one of our friends came up to us and suggested, that, hey, you want to do this together? Because actually we were planning to close the shop also for like that two months 
because we really don't see a point anymore. Like people cannot come out and stuff like that, and they cannot sit in the hawker to enjoy the food also. So my friend suggested this, and it was initially like uh, then after that we 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 did it together. So my friend like uh came out with a uh, a bit of money to help us sustain the whole thing lah. But end up we didn't expect to get the kind of attention, and we continue gi- giving until uh we actually lost quite quite a bit of money also. Yeah, but I would say it's a very good experience, and I think in a way it got us. A bit of exposure, also. Yeah. And we are very grateful for it, also. Like there are definitely people out there doing, uh, bigger things to help people, but we are the one that got the attention and praise the universe for that, lah. Yeah. So how was the whole experience like for for you? I mean, did you um encounter a lot of people who came forward asking for assistance? We have a lot. We have a lot. We have actually we have overwhelming response. Mm. Because uh, I think because of our criteria, no question asked. All you have to do is ask us, we will give. Yeah. Yeah, and then, but that's also right. Uh, because me and Zhenlong, we both believe that if you want to do good, right, you don't need a photo, you don't need a proof. That's why you, I believe that you can't find it on social media or anybody or even Google, right? You can't find us giving meals because we really can't be so confidential that we don't want them to be knowing who they are. Mm. Uh, I mean, we 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 also. Decide we before we we came out with all this. We also thought of like, yeah, if we put ourselves in their shoes, we don't want people to know like, yeah, we are going through this kind of situation because a lot of them are are not from like low incomes or anything. But because of the, yeah, because of the expenses that they have to, uh, that because of their expenses because due to their high income, mm. uh, like housing and everything, right? Uh, for the two months without any income it's going to be very tough on them because mm. so there, there are a lot of people that are actually well to do and stuff like that but they are going through a hard time and uh, we managed to help them like for a short period of time and we are, we are quite grateful for that also mm. uh, so so that's why we, we try to keep like their identity confidential confidential because we, we, we kind of relate lah. if we are in their position we will not go and ask for food it, it really takes a lot of courage to go and ask for food that's very true yeah. so um, even though it's a no questions asked kind of concept you still had people coming to you and telling you their story uh, yes obviously they will tell you their story they will send you their identity they will send you their trust <laughs> card you know what's a trust card right no what's that uh, trust card for the low, low privileged people that they are proof that they are low income when they see doctor, they get subsidized and that. They will show proof a lot, uh, but we, we will just tell them, oh, you don't need to show this kind of thing. Like, you just wait for the food tomorrow uh, and then we will come. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, like, yeah. it's so amazing that they still want to verify. Um, yeah, very heartwarming. I feel that, you know, in Singapore, these kind of, um, you know, what, what we call renting way, right? It's like becoming more and more rare. And... Uh, yeah. It's really amazing that you guys are doing it. I'm very curious about this. When you first did the Bing Who Cares, right? Did people question your motives? Like, did people think that you guys were being not genuine? Majority uh, of them don't. I feel that like, how much support money? Oh. Like, actually, yeah, there, there are a lot of supports, but there are also comments saying like, I am marketing only. Marketing. Uh. Then, yeah. like, but, but we didn't reply. And then you can see like a lot of replies coding there. Code them. Uh. It's like, I, we don't know, uh, all strangers. Then they'll be like, uh, people do, do good, then you all just say bad things. You all don't, don't believe you're going to try. Uh, you know, you're going to take the food. Uh. 
Mm. Majority like are very welcoming to welcoming that idea of I mean because like I say people can feel whether you are genuine or not. Even through social media, people can feel it. Mm. Yeah, and you know when I saw you guys doing that, I was quite surprised because I wouldn't dare to do that because you know Singaporeans have this reputation for being very kiasu, right? So once you give something away for free, right, everyone will go and take free things. But yes, that, that's what we got also. We got a like lot. We people got abusing, abusing the, the system and stuff like that. But how do you know that they are abusing the system? At first, we don't know until like uh, they come down and then we. Their attitude, so their their attitude also, you can tell that they are they are not genuine. There are people even like messaging us saying like, "Can you surprise my friend's birthday huh? for me because we cannot go out since it's free, right?" Okay. So on a Sunday, send them, send them free food. So do you do do it in the end because there's no questions no asked? No lah, we say just fuck off lah. <laughs> ask the person go and fly kite or. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. Oh my god. Yeah. So, I mean, in this whole process of being hawkers, do you actually enjoy it? Actually, we kind of enjoy it. But if we look, we are looking at a long run, right? Yeah. We think that we cannot do it for a long time because uh, of our neighboring stores, they are all like old people that have done this for like 40 years, 50 years. You know, they, they have been doing it since young. And a lot of them are actually having a lot of health problems and stuff like that. So. Of course, we all work towards uh, financial freedom, which is like basically everybody's dream. And we all work towards the kind of direction where we can actually slowly get out of picture and we can do much more things and we can have more life, work-life balance. So mm-hmm. I think if we are doing hawker until like at a very old age, right, then I can, we, we, we can actually foresee ourselves being in a position of like having health problems and stuff like that because we don't we don't have like regular meals we don't we don't eat our meal on time and stuff like that or sometimes we don't we don't even eat back then like sometimes we will forget okay basically him la, I, I will still eat la. <laughs> and um yeah that that's where we we really see uh, that we have to do something on a bigger scale and of course, we don't feel stagnant also because when we were doing hawker, we felt quite stagnant. Mm. Yo, I don't know about the long, but I myself is very scared of being stagnant. A lot of them, right, those neighboring old uncles and aunties, right, their passion is off. They are just coming to work every day because they are coming to work every day. Yeah. And their passion is you can you can't feel them you can't feel them burning with passion. You can't feel them you can't feel that drive anymore. So it's to me it's very scary. Uh. That's why. I enjoy the hawker process, but I don't enjoy. I can see myself not enjoying after five years. Mm. Because the passion, yeah, because it's so stagnant, right? It's very scary to be around people and places that are no longer drive, driven. So, in that sense, do you feel that the hawker trade is still sustainable? I mean, can you see yes. it continuing for the next, say, 10, 20 years? Yes, definitely. Yes. Yep. There are actually a lot of young hawkers coming up also. Like uh, like in Passeries, there's a lot of young hawkers in Ishun. There are also quite a few young hawkers. Actually, even in Honglim now, they they got that. There's this store that they are owned by a young couple also, and I think it's the trade will go on uh, It's just that I think that in the near future, maybe we'll see a lot of different type of cuisine instead of just our local cuisine. Yeah, mm. so. Which which I honestly feel sad about it because 
like imagine next time nobody can cook chicken rice anymore. Yeah. I'll be like, it's oh, very it's chicken rice. He loves chicken rice. Yeah, I'll be like, wow, you guys missing out. Eh? <laughs> so how's the transition from hawker life to restaurant life like for you guys? Is it very similar? Horrible. Uh, Horrible. Yeah, it's a very, very big difference because we have more overheads now and we have a bigger space and of course, there are much more things to handle. Like back then in hawker, you know, That's tables and everything, we, we, we don't have to uh clean and stuff like that but now we have to do it and tiring uh, a lot of things to wash eh. uh, <laughs> you don't yeah. even wash uh, now we got now we got part timers to wash already <laughs> okay hawker right i think because hawker end of day is we don't have so much stress because and yeah, true. It's, just me and, it's just me and him only we don't have a fa- we don't have we don't have mouth to feed we don't have uh people to take care mm. and nowadays at a restaurant right you got a team to take care and the team is like your kid yeah you have, you have to feed them before you feed yourself. So what is the DNA that you want to preserve? We were very restaurant thinking. We were res- very restaurant mentality. Then we, we lost it. Uh. We lost hawker fun. We lost that hawker joy, joyfulness, that carefree and everything. So what we really want to bring forward, right, to this place, uh, to this new Benokus restaurant, right, it's more of, we still want to maintain that vibe we, we still want to maintain that loud and vulgar us we mm. still want to be real we still want to be genuine people that whatever you see on social media or, or whoever medias portray us right is the same us when you come to being group okay yeah and how do you um translate the kampong spirit that people experience at your hawker stall to your restaurant we, we still talk, talk to them uh. we, we really uh, we, we really spend our time talking to customers like we still play with them uh. I, I personally I felt it's easier to remember faces now because I'm no longer that stress I'm no longer put that restaurant stress behind my back mm. yeah it, it tends to become more carefree and more easy to remember because I'm enjoying it already mm. because I tend to I'm not I never say that I lose my fire but it just felt very stressful during that period of time yeah because I'm, I'm trying to because I just opened a restaurant and I'm trying to become a restaurant person Okay, I have one last question for you. So, you know, recently I've been seeing on your Instagram and on the news, you guys are like role models for, for young Singaporeans, right? What's your reaction to being labelled as a role model? And the second part of the question is, what, what is um, some advice that you would love to give to young Singaporeans? Yeah, uh, actually, I honestly don't think I'm a role model. I don't really care because I still do my thing. Uh, it's just that now uh, I get a bit more attention but yeah, uh, quite, quite used to it. Like him, I don't really feel like a role model because I still do what I do. Uh. I still litter on the floor. I still do things that shouldn't be done. Okay. But yeah. know, I, still, I, I do agree. Oh, fine. <laughs> if you, as long as you, and then you can sleep and then you can do things right. What's... Yeah, what's right, what's wrong. Everybody has their own different opinion, different perspective. If really somebody look up to us as an oral model, right, the only advice is just do whatever that makes you happy. Thank you so much for speaking with me. I don't want to take up more of your time. I know that you guys are very busy people, but you know, I'm glad that we got to connect this way and like I got to hear your story firsthand. Thank you, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having us. It's a, it's a pleasure. 
So that wraps up another episode of the Singapore Noodles podcast. You have been listening to Hang Jin Long and Jason Chua of Bing Hu Cooks. Once again, thank you for listening to the podcast, and I'll catch you all next week.